Dawn and Steve in the morning and Dr. Terman from the Denison Forum is with us to talk about the randomness of life. Got a question? Get in touch, 800-555-7898. Certainly life can seem to throw some things at us that we go, wow, is this spiritual warfare? Is this a miracle and God saved me from something? What's going on? Is it just random and things happen by chance? And, you know, I got lucky. I mean, for instance, in the flight, Dr. Mark Terman uh, of 1282 just recently there was nobody sitting by that door that kind of got ripped off on the Alaskan Airlines. And some are saying, hey, that's just a miracle that nobody was sitting there. What What do you think about this? Yeah, it's it goes to the point that we all struggle with and that uh, people for all times have struggled with, which is uh, you can say it in both ways. Why does uh, why do bad things happen to good people, quote unquote, good people? And you can also turn it around and say, well, why do good things happen to bad people? You know, if you're going to try to explain one side of it, you need to try to explain both sides of it. Um, but life seems in so many ways uh, random. And, you know, why does this one person, you know, I was talking to a very close friend over the holidays recently, and, you know, he has a beautiful adult daughter who has her own daughter. And this is one of the most important uh, people in my life, really godly man in my life. And he's like, hey, don't know if you heard the news, but my daughter has cancer mm. and it's inoperable. Um, and he was, when, when I was talking to him, he was completely in the minute rearranging his life to order everything about getting to her, to support her and her family and their child and everything that goes along with that. And, and I'm just, I just devastated by that. And like, you know, I, he, he had to end the call because he was so emotional about it, which was understandable. And, you know, I have a close uh, friend in my church who says, you know, uh, we encounter these things and they're all seemingly so nonsensical. Um, and that, that is illustrated by this plane accident as well. It's just, how do you, how do you live in a world that seems so random, both on the bad and on the good side sometimes? And that's, Perhaps the biggest challenge to our faith, certainly one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge to our faith, and uh, something that we really need to think deeply about, something that we need to come to Scripture about, something that uh, we need to uh, pray about together, because it is a big challenge to our faith. You know, Mark, when we come up against those things where we don't understand why. I've got two people in my life who basically got the exact same cancer diagnosis. Mm. One of them within a year was dead. The other had successful surgery and goes on to continue to live with his family. And you look at those two things and he's like, well, if God is sovereign, if God is in control, if God can do all things, why does he let this person pass away yet he heals this other one? When we, we look at what seems random, but we know God is sovereign and omnipotent, what do we do with those feelings, thoughts, and emotions? Yeah, I think that's uh, where we really have to uh, choose to believe and choose to trust that God knows much more than we know, that God, uh, as Dr. Dennison pointed out in his column about this, said God sees everything from the beginning to the end that the world is much bigger, much more complex than we could ever possibly grasp, and that there are just certain things that we're not going to understand. And, you know, I remember as a young Christian 40 years ago, someone saying this phrase, people probably have heard it before, you know, when you can't 
understand the hand of God or the works of God. You have to trust the heart of God. And um, that, that really sounds quaint and uh, cliche in many ways, but it is the truth that there's going to be things that we don't understand in our own lives and in the lives of people that we love and in the world around us. Uh, but we have to trust in the goodness of God, not only that God is real, but that God at the very core of his being is working out, as the Bible says, all things to the good for those who love him. And that uh, we may never make sense of some of these situations on this side of heaven. But I think one of the things we'll be doing when we get to heaven is we'll be going, oh, oh, okay, I see, I see now. You know, the Bible says that we see through a glass dimly right now. And that's uncomfortable for us. And it's difficult to explain to people who don't share our faith. Um, but if we don't believe in that sovereignty and that ultimate goodness, then that leaves us in a world with absolutely no hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no hope. And yet he is the God of all hope. So there lies kind of this crisis of the faith. Are we getting into the word, Mark, to to see the goodness of God? Because that perspective, that work of the spirit is critical for us to understand the heart that that that, that old song talked about. I think Twyla Paris and Sandy Patty both recorded when you can't understand, you've got to trust his heart. But what what do we do then to understand God's heart? Yeah, I think one of the first things we do is we humble ourselves and seek him. Uh, and as Dr. Dennison reminded us to seek him continually. And then when I was uh, thinking on this, I remember what uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 73 when he says, you know, I had almost slipped. That is, I'd almost lost my relationship, my trust in God. Um, I, only, I almost went away because I was envying those who were not having the kind of trouble that I and other followers of faith were having. And he said, but I went into the house of the Lord. I went to worship. And when I put myself in humility before God, God started to help me understand that I could trust him even when I didn't understand what was going on in the events of my life or in the world around me. Worship in humility is a great place to start. Hmm. Love that Psalm of Asaph, one of my favorites in uh, the entire book of Psalms, Psalm 73 right there. I'm so glad you, you brought that up. Talking with uh, Dr. Mark Terman this morning, Executive Director of the Denison Forum. And uh, as we talk about this article from Dr. Jim Denison, maybe you want to get connected with them and check this out. Well, you can go directly to the website, denisonforum.org. We can link you to that through the Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. And we're talking with Dr. Mark Terman this morning about the sovereignty of God. And one of the things that, Mark, I so appreciate about God is, man, he is this infinite God that our finite minds will never be able to grasp. I mean, if we could kind of comprehend and understand God, I don't think he would be God. But when he allows these things into our lives that don't feel loving, when we get the diagnosis, when there is the accident and we lose someone we love, when there is these traumatic things in our lives, we can look at a verse that says God is love. And you say, I, I, don't, I don't see that to be true in my life. Mark, what do we do with that tension? Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things that really challenges us. And, and we have to struggle to remind ourselves the story is not finished yet and that you can't really assess uh, any situation, either good or bad, um, in its fullness until the completion of all things. Um, so we, we grab snapshots out of 
our lives or out of the lives of others, and we say, look, God's not being fair, God's not being just, God's not being loving. And in that moment, it can certainly, based on the limited information that we have, we can certainly feel that way, even make a reasonable argument in that way. And that's, again, back to Psalm 73, part of what the psalmist was struggling with. He was comparing himself to others and taking these snapshots, but I think one of the things he learned in that worship experience was, I have to wait until the story is finished, and I have to wait and see how God is going to weave all of this together in a way that is just going to blow our minds and cause us to worship him even more. Um, and and that can be a struggle for us to do, but that's the um, that's the essence of faith that I think the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11 is, you know, we're we're a small piece, we're an important piece, our choices matter, but we don't know how all of those pieces fit together until Jesus brings everything together at the end. Story's you know, not it's done like, yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story's not done. And if you if you were to pick up any novel and read, you know, random chapters in the novel, you you would think it was just chaos. It only you know the novel only makes sense when you get to the conclusion, and it it and that's just I think that's what we're going to be celebrating throughout eternity is just how all of these things, both good things that we didn't deserve, all these amazing blessings that um, we had no idea that God was going to put in front of us, um, and as well as the bad things, we're going to oh, okay, God was working in this chaotic, broken world, and not only was He working in it, He came to share in it. He became a part of it, and He has allowed this season for the opportunity for us to trust Him, yeah. and that's, you know, He can he can stop the story whenever he wants, and he will complete the story when he chooses. But we have to trust his timing as well as trust the other aspects of what he's up to. Yeah, that's a beautiful reminder. It's so real, too, as we trust and learn that. Wayne, you're calling in from Georgia this morning. Good morning, brother. You say that you have something to help us remember the why, W-H-Y. What do you have on your heart this morning? Well, you know, first of all, what I just heard just almost had me in tears about the completion of the matter. But as I was going through my struggles in life and I asked those questions, so why me? You know, and I realized that uh, even with Joe, God has so much faith in him that he allowed those things to happen. So I was just thinking God trusted me. And I asked early in my ministry, I, I said a message, knowing Jesus is better than knowing why. Because... It's a why is only an acronym in the message that I spoke that the W is to wait on God. Just like the doctor just said, well, let him do what he's going to do. And H is just to keep the hope. You know, the hope in God, knowing that he's going to work in your favor. And the why is the most important part is, you know, we can't do this on our own. We have to yield our will. The why is to yield to the will of God. So if we do those things, then it'll work out in the end because I've gone from homeless to a business owner, and I never would have thought that. I always thought it would happen, but just the timing of God made it happen. Yes. Yep. Yes and amen, Wayne. I like that. Thank you so much for calling. Yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I'm telling you, it. the more that you walk these days and you walk them with the Lord and Dr. Terman, as we think about trusting him, it's time that seems to be both for us and against us. 
In other words, you're in, like Wayne, you just said, like you're in a situation where you're homeless and you're thinking, I know it could happen. I don't think it ever will happen. And then we give God time to work and he does. Sure enough, he does bring Romans 8 out into fruition and in our lives. And we start to see a little bit. And yet, Dr. Mark, you said, you know, when we get home to heaven, this world's not our home, we're going to see it more clearly because God will allow us to understand a little bit more about what we all went through and how his sovereignty did indeed work through every part of our lives. But it all starts with trusting him. And if we don't have that relationship with him, then we don't have this platform, this foundation to stand on. So we have to ask ourselves the question, do I really know Jesus? Because the rest of it has a perspective that's eternal. And it all starts right there. Dr. Mark Terman with us from the Denison Forum. We'll put this on our Facebook page, which, of course, is Don and Steve in the morning. Yes, we've got some great videos up there, conversations of folks that have come on the show to help us be pointed back to Christ when life doesn't make sense. Dr. Mark Terman just sharing some of those things. And Wayne, our brother in Georgia that we've met, quote unquote, officially today, Dr. Terman says, oh, I'm totally stealing that, giving you credit, of course, with the why. That is such a powerful thing to think about. And and a great illustrator, W-H-Y, of course, wait on the Lord, hope for the H, and the Y is yield to his will. And we know that is the hardest thing. Yeah. Here's where I think the biggest challenge comes in, though. If we're not in the Word of God, if we're not studying sure. the Bible, we don't know what his will is. We may have a list of rules that we think we're supposed to be keeping, which obedience does come with boundaries. There's no doubt about that. And yet that checklist that we might have put into place yeah, that's not knowing his will necessarily. Could be part of it. But there are so many times in scripture that, you know, you're looking for a direction. Is it this career? Am I supposed to move here? Am I supposed to be participating in this ministry? When, if we go back to scripture, it says, this is God's will. This is what pleases the Lord. This is the direction you can start, like the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. and have no no qualms at all. So submission is an action but it has direction. I like that. Submission is an action, but it has direction. Mm-hmm. That, that's good. I, and that'll preach as well, right along with the why. <laughs> and so I, I think as we kind of wrestle with some of those big things, as you said, spending time doing what we know to be right, mm-hmm. what we know to be true, to pursue the things that we know God has called all of us to do, which is to pursue righteousness and holiness, to engage in that battle against sin, to spend time with him and all of that. As I think we do those things and as we seek the Lord Mm -hmm. and seek to align ourselves to what he says, it's amazing, I think, how his spirit then begins to provide clarity and direction. And sometimes we may step out in a certain direction and he's like, okay, Good. Now let's redirect you a little bit here. Let's mm-hmm. redirect a little bit more here. Uh, but I think if we are not being intentional about pursuing him and trying to cultivate what he's told us to go cultivate, then it's real easy to stay stuck Yeah. and to get bitter 
and to get angry and to feel that God is at a distance from us. And then to have all these questions that we, you know, feel like we're never going to get the answer to. But as we do what, like you said, what God has told us to do, very often then I think that's when we learn to recognize that still small voice and the leading of the Spirit and as we uh, begin to walk with Him. We start with the, the simple things, the ones that have already been spelled out for us in the Word. And we follow those. And like you said, sometimes it becomes so clear. And it can be, Steve, as simple as spending time in the Word picking up the Bible and and going through these passages that will spell these things out. And I know you say that, and then like you pick up your devotional and you have that verse, or maybe you are doing a Bible study and you're kind of checking it off the list because maybe it's become rote or something. You, you've forgotten to ask the Lord to impart his word, like teach you his word by the power of his spirit, because he'll do that. We need to engage him in that conversation through prayer. Mm-hmm. And yet, Here's the difference. Like when you go through that season of not being in the word and you feel all dry and, and you're thinking, what in the world has happened? Like, I, I've, I, I don't know what is so different now. And then you get back into the word and it's almost like an oasis, like your dry bones have been quenched. And, and I know these are words, but they're they're words to help us think about what God does. Right. Their yeah. imagery. And so the the nourishment comes back to our souls and you're like, oh, it was as simple as getting back into the word. That first step of maybe that's the obedience he's asking of us. It doesn't always take these huge, big things. Sometimes it's just being faithful with the little things. Faithful with the little things. And then just one of the things that I have experienced in doing this, going back into the word um, we can know that that's what we're to do. Mm-hmm. But if we're going back into the Word, sometimes with a heart that is hard and a heart that is cold, then those words are just like words on the page. It feels like you read the yeah. newspaper or read the magazine or whatever. Like It doesn't permeate the heart that, you know, we, we feel like I know my heart needs to be permeated, but, you know, it, it's not doing that. And one of the things that I found so helpful in seasons like that is to go back and it's a little bit like what we were talking with Mark about a moment ago, to the those passages that talk about the nature and the character of God. Mm-hmm. Be reminded of who God is. Be reminded of who he says we are. Being reminded of the simple truth of the gospel message that God so loved the world, and you can put your name in that, the world Instead too. God world, so yep. loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. We see the demonstration of God's love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And as I begin to reflect on the simplicity and the truth of the gospel, reflect on that love relationship with God, reflect on the fact that he demonstrates his love for me in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and Jesus willingly going there, and and beginning with truths like that, then I find that that hard, cold heart begins to soften Mm -hmm. and warm. And then the other passages begin to make the impact that they need to make too. Yeah. Recognizing that hard heartedness when that season comes and truly crying out to the Lord, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit in me. There are times that you may walk through. I have where I don't want to forgive that person. Sure. I Nothing in me. 
wants to let them off the hook, my mind's hook. And yet going to the Lord over and over again, help me want to forgive because you've asked me to, not because anybody deserves it necessarily. But these kinds of things that happen in our lives that if you'll go to him and ask, it is amazing how he starts to do just what you're talking about, softening the heart. It it could be over a particular thing or it could just be a hard heart across the board. He'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the uh, things that I've, I've found helpful, maybe we'll come back and talk about this as I'm looking at the clock and seeing we're uh, about out of time, uh, but maybe there's something you have found, a passage of scripture, something you have uh, gone to that God has used to, in a sense, warm that cold heart, to soften that hard heart. Love to know what that is this morning. You can text in 800-555-7898. It's 800-555-7898. You you said uh, something just a moment ago about what do you do or where do you maybe go when you feel that your heart is hard and you want that to be softened. I'm going to go back to what Mark Turman was talking about just a few minutes ago. He was talking about Psalm 73, written by Asaph. And Asaph was one of the... Uh, choir leaders in the days of King David. He was maybe the the Chris Tomlin of uh, the day, right? And so he is saying, as a leader, I was really struggling. I was looking around at people around me, and they were having prosperity. And here I am trying to serve the Lord, and things are not going well in my life. And it caused Asaph to begin to have a really hard heart. And he talked about the fact that like his foot almost slipped. He almost in a sense, was lost his faith. He was tempted to give up or abandon his faith there. But one of the things that he began to do, he he talks about the fact that he then went to the sanctuary. With intentionality, he went to where he knew he could meet with God. And he did something that I think is hard to do. He was honest with God and humbled himself. And I think sometimes we don't want to humble ourselves and be honest about where where we are really at. Mm-hmm. But God is a big God who can take that. And so as we come into his presence and we say, God, I don't understand why this is going on. And because I don't understand and it feels unfair and you feel unjust and you feel unloving right now, this is the condition of my heart and I don't want it to be that. And then Asaph began to do something that is important. He began to remind himself of what is true and worship what he knew to be true. Because he was talking about the fact that he said, I was all torn up inside. I was foolish. I was ignorant. I was acting like a a brute beast. And probably some of us, if we're going to be honest, we would say there are times in my life where I was foolish and I was ignorant and I was acting like a brute beast. But then Asaph begins to speak truth to himself. He said, yet I know I still belong to you and you guide me with your counsel. You lead me. And who do I have in heaven anyway but you? Lord, may my desire be you more than anything on this earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but my God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And so he begins to speak truth to himself. He admits where he's at. And I think that's one of the the challenges or things I want to challenge us to do today is admit where you're at. Take it to God. Tell him. Confess that humble ourselves, repent and speak truth, truth to ourselves. Tell ourselves what we know to be true of God. And even just 
read the pages of Scripture out loud, those things that talk about the nature and the character and the love of God, even begin to read those out loud so that not only is your mind and your eyeballs rolling over that, but your ears are hearing it too. And I think as we do that, it it can make a difference. Huge, huge difference. Here's a case in point. We let the world speak stuff over us all of the time. Yeah. Letting God speak truth over us, game changer. We can either chase after the things and and morph into culture, or we can morph into following the Lord and loving him more because we understand him more. That's Psalm 73. If you want to know what Steve was just sharing, Psalm 73, to help you on this Thursday, speak truth.